Someone was so affronted. I was like, that's too far, man. That's too far. And we are absolutely losing it. Like it was the it was honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 133 of the Between You and Me podcast. My name is Jessica Morris, and I'm an Australian music journalist. This is the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in church culture. There's a lot there, and Benjamin William Hastings isn't afraid to jump into that, which is great. We have 25 tracks to choose from. Today, in the continuation of last week's episode, we are deep diving even further into what it means to have this existential crisis about your belief. We talk about deconstruction of religious identity, what it means to, on a personal level and also on a global level, and the fact that there's been a big shift in the global evangelical church in the last four years, and it's not a bad thing. You'll also be pleased to know that Benjamin talks a bit about sequoias because of course he has to after singing the song Seasons. Now, if you're listening to all of this and you're like, what the heck, Jessica? I feel like I walked in on a middle of a conversation. My friend, that's because you did. You are welcome here, but I would strongly encourage you to press pause and go back and listen to episode 132, where we have part one of our conversation with Benjamin William Hastings. This will all make a lot more sense then, I promise you. Now, just like last week, we do have snippets of some of Benjamin's latest songs in this that tell the story. So I'm excited for you to hear that. Now, unlike last week, though, there is no bio. You got like 10 minutes last week. You don't need it this week because I'm trusting that you listened to it and fully appreciated it then. So we're going to jump straight in to my interview with Benjamin William Hastings. We have just finished talking about his existential crisis and we're just now diving into what it looks like to have a deconstruction of faith and what that means in Christian culture. Enjoy. It's and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels to me like it's a really bold move with great respect to share this experience with the church, like people who aren't in your close circle, just to share this with the global church, to share this with the Christian music industry, where sometimes people express doubts, but other times people are ostracized for it because we don't know how to hold that space. And one of the reasons I really loved your album was because you were actually holding space for the humanity of living out that faith and wrestling with it, which I think is really normal. But was there any risk, like personal risk for you involved with sharing this whole journey with people that you don't really know? Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, thank you for that. It's really kind. But um, yeah, absolutely. I felt um, I felt really nervous in a lot of it. Like there was, I wrote specific songs as well, but like there was definitely moments where I was like, oh, "Why am I? Am I? Why am I doing this?" <laughs> like, or even then, on the flip side, like there was moments where I was almost like, "Screw it, I'm gonna go harder and just go." Like, it. so I think I was in this constant wrestle with myself of like, um, of trying to be entirely honest and transparent, um, almost like an overshare is the way I've described it. Like, yeah, just like, okay, this is what I'm feeling and um, probably there's people out there feeling it too, so it's okay to share it. Um, 
And I think I was really cautious as well that I, because one of the things that I think happens when you fall into like a existential unraveling is you start, it's really easy to become bitter and cynical. So it's really easy to point blame and to uh, almost throw the baby out with the bathwater on, on what you believe before. But I knew there was good in the, I guess in the in the framework of the house, like I knew there was, it wasn't an entire demolition. It was more just like there's a few maybe walls here that need to get brought down and rebuilt. And and I really didn't want to get that cynical, bitter sort of thing. And there was seasons of it, especially in like early 2020, where the, it was like that. Like there were the songs I was writing were really sort of dark and sad, and um, and some of them kind of made it, and some of them were developed, some of them didn't. Um, but I wanted to make sure, actually a good way to talk about it was at the guy's number manager, Chris, he at the time was, he, yeah, he still kind of is, but he's an A&R for Capital. And he would, um, he, we've, always, we've been buddies for a long time. He would call me and be like, dude, when are you going to do an album? When are you going to do an album? And I was always like, hey, I really want to, and I'm, and I'm working on it. And I probably have enough songs now to do one. But if I release this right now, it is just going to be the most depressing thing that anyone has ever heard and that would be fine if it was like my fourth or fifth album but (laughs) i i as like a debut thing i don't i don't feel like myself right now like this isn't me and it's it's i it's real it's what i'm experiencing but i don't want this to like uh i don't want the darkness of this to define me i want like the the light that i'm finding in the middle of it to be the thing that defines me I guess if any if anything and so I was like but I don't have that light yet like I don't know what that is or where I am or whatever so I was like I need to keep going until um I do and that's kind of why it's why it's 25 songs it's one of the reasons it's why it took like three years really and just kind of slowly gathering all of these things and piecing it all together Just a boy on the moon I've wandered that white rock As far as I could Stood on craters tall Still I feel so small For as far as I get When there's this horizon I'll never get past And I can't see why on the other side There's things that I don't understand So I'm learning to trust you And you make less sense than I'd like Well if you're God then you're God And I know you know more than I might Should ever the light Eclipse from my view Or the plan hide behind Well it could only be working for good Cause there's no hint of a shadow in you It's just the far side of the moon and I think, um, I think, yeah, all to say, I was definitely um, nervous. And 
I was, uh, I think I was most nervous actually about, as opposed to telling the, being honest or any of that stuff. Cause I think I do feel like almost compelled to do that. And I don't regret sharing anything that I shared or, and I actually think the Bible does a really good job of it. And so if there's like that, that's always felt funny to me that, cause kind of what you said, it doesn't always feel like there's that representation in, in, uh, maybe Christian music as a whole, but. I get it. Why church. they evangelical yeah, culture. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the Sams do a really good job of bouncing back and forth. And then you've got other books like Lamentations or whatever. It's just, it's, um, so I felt like there was space for it within the faith. It was more just like, I think I felt nervous that I was going to be misunderstood or misrepresented uh, or, um, yeah, but I haven't actually experienced that. Even on the ones that I really felt like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm poking the bear a little bit here. I, di- I didn't feel like there was that much of a. I'd feel like there's probably a lot more tolerance for stuff than we realize, or, or maybe it's just that the people that would care aren't listening, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and the people that do care do listen. It is fine. It all works out. Um, yeah, it's been, but it has been interesting. And it, it, there's still there's stuff that I there was stuff that I did kind of working with the wisdom of other people, kind of omit not entirely. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's not everything that's on there is true, but I probably there's moments where I probably could have gone, like I could have shared more and was and reserved it because I was like, oh, it's actually not. It's maybe not the time or it's not the it's not the place or I, that's not helping. It's not bringing people on the journey that I'm trying to bring them on. And then there was probably times where I, I pushed myself to be like, no, you got to say that. So like an example would be um, the cathedrals of the Nelder Grove song. Like. We, I, I know I keep saying this, but that, that and dancing with my shadow are my uh, two favorites. You. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're actually probably so they're definitely the ones that to me, they're definitely story like they represent seasons to me in their own respect. There's an, and then faith is would be another one. And, um, because that one, I really didn't, it, I really decided to release it on the day I was handing everything in. Like it was back and forward. Oh, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? Like, I just didn't know if I wanted to go there, but the, the, the conclusion in the end, and I think it was really the driving force for a lot of what we're talking about, was I didn't, I, I saw, like, especially in the pandemic, like everyone, the, everyone was kind of had all their momentum and everything stops. People are left with their thoughts and left to realize or think, okay, do I actually like my life? Do I like the things I'm investing time in? And they made these really good um, sort of reassessments of things, which I actually think is really positive and good. And people find healthier places to, but I also think in the middle of that, um, there was a lot of like cynical or people that um, realized, oh, like, actually, no, I've been really hurt by my church. At the, the way of processing that seemed to be, I'm not saying this for everyone, it's very generalization, but there was a lot of like lashing out and a lot of cynicism, I guess. <laughs> And I had gone through, even preemptively, I guess, started to go through a lot of this. And so I was like, well, I know there is some, I know there's good in 
I know there's good in here. I just need to like fight for fight for that and fight for the light within all this darkness. And um, and that well, I'm not just talking about church. Now, I'm just talking about like everything in general. But I do think one of my motivating factors with the album and kind of the overshare was to try and give uh, a voice, I guess, to some of the people that were feeling like that on the fringes. So they didn't feel the need to like abandon it, abandon everything altogether or they, does that make sense? So they felt like there was. Some- oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, it feels like you're either. And, and see, people hate the word deconstructing and I certainly don't want to put that, but I'm just like, it's just like grappling with faith, but it seems it's like you're either one thing, like you, you're asking questions and it's not, God isn't real or you're on the other side and it's like, you can't ask questions and being healthy is in the middle somewhere. It's like, Yeah. creator do you like creating fancy slideshows for church or maybe you're a videographer a podcaster like me maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs that is where soundstripe comes in the team at soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want it's a great way to support artists and create world-class content We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tee. And I love a good nostalgic band tee, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com, and hit the shop button. Right, exactly. I actually think that, yeah, because I find it really funny. I know deconstruction is like a naughty word, but it's like the, I, the, the thing that I don't get about the criticism of it, I understand the criticism of maybe some of the people that I'm talking about, like when it gets really cynical and kind of like, especially when it gets like academically cynical and it's like if people just sound like 
up themselves and kind of like. No, I get it. Not, yeah. It, it, you know it's not I mean? getting there's like full of vitriol this, and there's so much pain yeah. involved on both sides that fuels it. Yeah. 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 Completely. And so, but I, I do think the idea of like, like nobody willingly, um, it's, I mean, it's very rare that somebody's like walking through, be- like somebody buys a house in Bel Air and then just tears down that house for the sake of tearing it down and then builds a really similar one. Like you don't tear down something that's that's working or that's filling the, the role that it's meant to fill. And so when people enter into these deconstructions, it's not like, this is what I don't understand the criticism. It's not like they're just looking at a perfectly good house being like, well, I'm going to tear this thing down. It's like, no, the, the worldview that they have, which has been acquired over their life, not the, not the person that's criticizing it, but it's like they have built this view of God based on the parents, based on the interpretation of the Bible that, that their pastor was saying, based on their own interpretation, which was fueled by their own worldview and their own cultural upbringings, like all of these things that are not um, necessarily right or wrong. They're just, they were the, they're the hand you're given and you do your best with it. Um and for most of the people that we're talking about, it's also in countries that the Bible wasn't written in, in centuries that the Bible wasn't written in. Like, it's like we're so far off as a starting point to think that, like, we're getting it. Like, and that's not to say you can't have a good understanding of God coming from, like, the West in 2022. But I'm saying you, you've, you're, you've got a lot of the hurdles to work through. And you're doing it, you're starting your view of God before you're even really conscious of what that means. Like, like my daughter's talking to me about god all the time and the i'm saying she doesn't really even understand at this point what that what that means but she's building a framework slowly over over time and so i guess that's that i don't understand the 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 criticism of deconstruction because you wouldn't you wouldn't tear it down if it made sense it's more like okay well you're recognizing the places in in your worldview that aren't um actually right or aren't fulfilling the, um, I don't say the role of God because that sounds no, I, so. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying like I, I feel like I know what yeah. you mean. I don't know how you know to word say? for I'm it, but I understand what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway, I think it's really funny that people have a hard time with that. I do understand the criticism of like people that go really cynical, um, but I don't understand the criticism of wanting to improve something that isn't. Yeah, um, and, I, and I feel like when I listen through to your album, what I get from it is nearly like a journey, a journey of faith, like the different facets of it where, and where it could go bitter or it could go cynical and there are elements, but also the choosing to keep orienting towards what is good and true and right, which is God, but figuring out like, what does that actually mean and look like in context of what I thought God was and which he may be, but trying to, you know, it gets, all of that. And for me, so for me, like having 25 tracks actually articulates that in a really beautiful way without trying to be like, let's summarize this and make God into like a really quick, easy solution because God isn't a solution. He just is God. And so, so for me, at least my understanding was that it's not like you trying to understand the different facets of God and the colors of God, knowing that you can never fully comprehend him if we're calling him him, but we'll go there. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a lost sheep I just feel alone in the flock 
think we all have our doubts I think mine just caught up And I've been stuck in my ways Oh, I've been scared to evolve But the thoughts that I thought about you Just don't work like I thought Are you finding these songs kind of hard to believe? Cause I'm at war with myself And I don't like how it feels I'm out here asking Maybe faith is a gift that I'm yet to receive Um, I see how you go with this. I want to, I'm going to ask this question, um, a little bit about church hurt. And if you don't want to go there, just say, please, um, so a lot of the stuff that has happened in the last few years with with Hillsong, I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of Hillsong at all, but a lot of the stuff has been, it's been so public. Um, and something that has struck me through that is how have the people like closest, people in the core of Hillsong Church, in the bands, people that you call friends and family, how have they been affected by it? Um, I say that with great respect, knowing that there's a, a definite level of personal there, but how, I guess in conjunction with how you've been grappling with faith, with God, how have the events of the last few, through few years with your home church, I want to say, uh, affected your, your view of God's people and brought you to this point where you you appear to have like a really healthy relationship with not just your church, but with the church as a whole. Does that statement slash question make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I think, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely been a really challenging few years and I maybe, I maybe am naive in saying this. I really don't think, when I know this is not what you're asking, but I'm just setting the scene. I I don't think that what was going on in church really played in much to the to the sort of crisis I was having. I feel like that was almost independent. Now maybe that is naive. Maybe there's areas where it did, but I I really don't I don't feel like it did. I feel like there were two sort of things happening in conjunction almost. I think I think it definitely um, look. I think what COVID did for kind of the church as a whole, or maybe even specifically the evangelical church, was kind of highlight areas that, um, and again, I'm being very broad stroke. I know church is made up of millions of churches, um, but I think maybe highlighted some trends that were not going to sustain it into the coming centuries. And I think um, 
I think it's really interesting that church format has been the same um, for like seven, 500, 500 years now, at least. Um, and maybe there is something there where it's like we've highlighted, okay, there's some areas where things could be changed and maybe work a little bit better moving forward. I think I think the pandemic definitely highlighted that and people taking a minute and reflecting on, okay, well, I went to this church. How was I treated as a part of it? And with the space being like, oh, I actually didn't love that. I didn't love how that made me feel. I didn't love how that person spoke to me, whatever. So I actually feel like all of that is really, really healthy, positive takeaways. And I think it's really important for the church as a whole to um, grapple with those critiques and criticisms and try to best serve the body that it's been um, given to, to given to serve the people that are collectively coming around and calling that their community. Um, I feel like with everything we've gone through, it definitely has been like, it's definitely been hard. Um, we had like before we did this tour, we didn't really know if we were going to do it. Like it was kind of in the middle of all of it, and we we got together and basically we're like, all right, are we going to do this? Like, what are we, what are we going to do? And we really hashed it out. And the kind of the resolve was we're all still together. We all still love each other. Like we all feel like we're in a, like a good place. It didn't feel like any of us specifically were, and we're definitely not in the best place of our lives, but it felt like we could all get out there and do what we're kind of, I think made to do in some respects and it kind of felt like well okay well maybe that's the response like maybe that's all we can do right now is the thing that we know how to do which is just get together as a band and go out and and worship with people and I think that we even in like not everyone thought that was the right move or the right idea but we we did it and honestly on the first night we it just was like it just felt right if that makes sense. Like Joel did a really good job actually of speaking into even, even the stuff that we were going through and kind of recontextualizing it. Sorry, not recontextualizing it. Cause I don't think that's, um, well, that's not really what he did, nor is it, I think what the intent was. It was more just being like, yeah, things are really hard right now. We're just doing what we know to do. And yeah. And so I'm actually really I'm really glad we did. Like from the first night, I just kind of knew, oh no, this is the right, this is the right thing. And I think we all did. Like it just felt really, it felt right being together and doing it. And we've had a really fun year just out there kind of together. And I feel like we're more sort of in a strange way. Like I don't ever feel like I've laughed on a bus as much as I laughed like the last couple of weeks. Like it really felt like we were all like in this as close as we've ever been, like, really tight-knitted, probably more honest than, not that there was, uh, United has always been especially honest, but it felt <laughs> yeah. especially, especially honest. Like it felt like <laughs> nothing was off limits and everyone was just <laughs> very much like together and themselves. And um, and even the conversations we're having about the future are really healthy. And um, and yeah, so that, that, that side of it has actually been really nice. And to be honest, I, I guess is what I was trying to say from the start was, I think a lot of the stuff probably needed to change and really the last few years just as it's been like a yeah. forced, a forced yeah, move, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. 100%. And so 
I welcome. I kind of welcome it while also being like this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, even like- even <laughs> my my local church in Geelong is I we've had we've undergone lots of change too. Um, just just a natural transition, a natural progression. I've seen that happen in so many places. It feels like it was a global shift and a global shift in the church as well. And we've all just seen it, just like some happen more publicly than others. Yeah. Yeah. This body of believers feels like bath water to me. Oh, Jesus, what you think? Cause they're all trying to drain us one, but I think drain them all the same. Oh, Jesus, what you think? Cause I'm Yeah, completely. And I think then in the cathedral song, I definitely kind of go in on it a little bit. And um, that was me just really trying to process everything and process the, all the different sides of it. And when I find that guy, Chad, on um, YouTube talking about sequoias, I like, couldn't I couldn't believe it. Because I'd, I'd had, um, back when I taught at college, I had the student come up to me and give me a sequoia seed, which is really sweet of them. And I still got it. I know. And they said, do you know, I know you wrote a song about like sequoias in the winter, but do you know that sequoias actually spread their seed by fire? And I was like, no way. That's the coolest thing in the world. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I need to write another song about this. And so, and so that's kind of when I, and so I was working on that song that popped back into my head. And I was like, I'm just going to look this up to make sure that this guy was right. So I, I just YouTube like sequoia spreading seeds and up comes this guy, Chad, the ecologist. His, it had like maybe like 500 views on YouTube or something. And it's him like just in the heart of the Nelder Grove talking about sequoias. And I just was listening to it and I was like, this guy's preaching right now. Like this is like, <laughs> this is wild. So I, I find his email. Well, yeah, my um, the a girl that works with us, Abby, she um she found his email, sent it to me, and I just reached out to him, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, go for it." So I know. So I was. I feel like the metaphor in that it kind of gives this hope that um, I don't feel like I'm making any conclusive statements, but it's more just like the sequoias. Yeah, sequoias spread their seed through fire, and a fire strong enough that it might kill them. Like, so it's they have to undergo that in order to, for it to move forward. And the other thing I thought of is like, and maybe this is a bit morbid, but um, a sequoia, while it is serving like the, the environment around it, it really only starts serving the other sequoias when it dies. Like when it, when it falls over, it gets into the ground and it starts rotting. And from that nourishes everything around it. And I, I guess I say all that to say, I don't fear the, the death of some things because I do think maybe there's a a beauty in the in what that means like the space that it clears and the and the the potential nourishment for the the things around it that can start to pop up and thrive like they maybe haven't been able to before and I'm not I'm not you can take from that what you will I'm not making that, any though. conclusive because sort as, of as like a general statement in life statements, but yeah no as I a general yeah, thank yeah. you 
So, I do think, so I, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that yeah. after the, the last year. I know everyone has had it yeah. in different ways, but that for me, yeah. it was like, a, oh, that speaks so much hope. Like from that, that God's like yeah. God uses it's, death as and there's actually like a beauty to, to what he produces yeah. from that. Yeah. Completely. I do think that's, yeah, it's a really interesting um, thing in nature actually is the, I've, I've like, I think a lot about the things that nature kind of represents and the things that we can learn from the different processes and almost like models that God set up through like creatures and trees and whatever. I've always been really inspired by that. And death is one of the ones that I think is hard to tackle because we, we talk of death so negatively and it is, it's, it sucks, but also death in nature actually is, it can be really, uh, it can be the thing that keeps, everything moving, you know, like, and I, there is, there's, yeah, there's, I don't know, there's something in that that I haven't fully been able to tap into yet or articulate in a way that won't sound like, um, like paganism. <laughs> yes, but okay. I do think there's something there. There's I love that there so that much, but I'm looking forward to one day if that ever turns into a song and you figure out how it doesn't turn into, pa- I'm totally yeah. here for it. It sounds excellent. Oh, we didn't. Joys within their hands As the serpent whispered from beneath Where your grace exceeds The sum of all I lack For I am Adam, I am Eve Isn't it just like you To turn it all around for good Like only you like only you would You turn it all around for good And when you do We do it so we stop for good Like only you could Like only you would You turn it all around for good You've been wonderful. I do have a, like a few random quick questions. Do you have enough time for me to throw a few at you? Um, these are just songs, oh, well, sorry, questions I wish I like have no other place. Um, number one, what song of all time do you wish that you had written or co-written? Oh, that is a really good question. What song do I wish that I'd written or co-written? I don't even know. I mean, probably Cannonball. Yeah. Rice, yeah. Or, uh, I mean, there's lots of it's. It's hard to like be like the the one. I mean, like I've got lots. We listened to my dad and I did a sing along to My Way the other night. You know, Frank Sinatra, and it was. I was like, geez, this song is so good. Um, what else? Um, I do get like I. We talk about like Joel and I talk about song envy all the time, and like one like one of us writes a song, and like oh, I wish I wrote that. Um, I'm not sure. There's nothing coming off the no, top but of my all, mind. All, but but all of those are like a pretty good like a collective of responses. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is the funniest slash most embarrassing moment that you've had on tour? Oh. That you can share with public. <laughs> Yeah, I got a few. What's the best one? 
I've got, I've got a couple. I don't think I can share those. I've got one that isn't mine to tell, but oh, I'm going to yeah. tell it. Okay, we can just okay. say unknown person. No, I'll say who they are, but it's like it's it should be their story. But it was really funny. It happened this year. We were, um, I was on tour with the Torwalts and Brian and Katie, and we were in LA actually, and we were in a meet like a meet and greet Q and A before the night, and um, there was like question we we talked for a little bit and then we kind of threw it to the floor to ask questions this one lady was really eager she put her hand straight up and said um guys i've been wanting to see you for so long like they go and like my favorite song is like um my favorite song in the whole world it means so much to me is raise a hallelujah and they they didn't write that song (laughs) or ignored it and so so anyway, Katie like graciously tries to respond and she's like, yeah, like we, that, that song we actually didn't write. That was written by the Hesslers, but um, <laughs> we love them. And there's actually another song we're singing tonight that we wrote with them. It just came out. She's trying to pivot. And the, the lady is just standing there so confused. And she's like, are you, are you sure? And Katie's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then she pauses for a second and is like, oh no. I'm at the wrong concert. (laughs) (laughs) And I lost it. Like, I never recovered. I felt bad. The lady then started to feel bad, but I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever experienced. Incredible. Um, That's amazing. I've got, I mean, I've got lots. I've got the passion. Yeah, we got one. There's one from Passion that's really funny. There's there's a couple that I probably can't share. We do. We have a really good um, we have a really good time on tour, and it normally feels like there's at least one story a day of just something that happened that is really, really good. Actually, something happened the other week, and I probably shouldn't share this either, but it was really funny. Was we were at a, another meet and greet with United. It was a couple of days before the end of the tour, and we would do it with Tomlin. So we would all be standing there, and people come through, and we just say hi, talk to them for a minute, and um. And a guy comes up to Joel and high fives him and says, like, oh, I haven't washed my hand since last time I high fived you. Just and Joel was as a joke. And Joel's like, Oh yeah, me neither. And Chris is like, Chris trying to sledge him is like, Oh, I'd believe that. And so Joel got his finger and hooked him, like just put his finger inside his mouth. And Tumblr was so affronted. I was like, that's too far, man. That's too far. And we are absolutely losing it. Like it was the it was honestly I one of the funniest things. Pay good money I've ever to seen. see that. It's just the whole scenario. <laughs> yes. I know. The whole scenario was so good. That's excellent. Anyway. I feel like stuff like yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah. That's really uh, fun. my last question for you. If you could go back to mm-hmm. when you were nineteen, right before you moved to Australia, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know mm-hmm. now? Oh, that's a good question. And I don't even, I don't know, because I think one of the things that's really interesting, I think when you look back on life is that like the, it was like the mistakes or the, or the accidents, or it's like, it's almost like all these things that should have been, that I would undo. I wonder if they're also why I am where I am. So I think if I was going to tell myself anything, it would be like, like I'm really happy with my life and the way that it went, but I, I would be like, "Oh, do this instead, just to see what the other path would be." If I could live like, 
the yes. two realities. Like and choose your own mystery one. book. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Because there was a really pivotal moment where my life went in the direction that it's going. And I'm really grateful for that moment. It was kind of a really crazy coincidence of God things. And I, and I think it was the right path. But I'm really curious. There was this like a path like slightly further back that it was heading in another probably direction where I'd be like, um, professional athlete, like in a indie band <laughs> or a professional athlete. <laughs> yes. That'd be way better. Um, or I'd just be, um, I was going to move to Bali and learn how to DJ. Oh my gosh. Just, I like, can actually picture that. Yes. That's no. epic. <laughs> so in my ultimate, in my other, like in my other life, I'm somewhere in Changi as like just a beach bum. Just as long as you're happy in the other life, that's fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> at least I am when I think about it. I'm like, it's like a, it's like a, if everything, uh, if all else fails, I could just move to Bali and live on the beach. There's what I want, and then there's where I'm at. Everyone step forward, it got me five steps back. And I cried, I called, God knows I prayed. But most days faith is climbing up a mountain that stayed. That's why the only way through it is a hallelujah. We did it, friends. Thank you for listening to part one and part two of my interview with Benjamin William Hastings. What a great way to finish off 2022. I was so thrilled to have this conversation and I'm glad that we can share it together. It's so nice to be able to have conversations like this at my metaphorical table, God's metaphorical table, sorry, not mine. That would be heresy. Um, But it's so lovely to talk about real things, to be able to hopefully like respect each other when we feel safe and uh and share concern share thoughts share similar experiences it's such it's such a relief to me that's how I'm like oh there's a home for me with God's people because I find it in storytelling God God consistently reminds me that he is in the other whoever the other is and it's a challenge but it's also like the greatest privilege Uh, So thank you so much, Benjamin, for taking all that time to chat with me, to share your heart, to pour it into an album, which I would say could be a bit countercultural, but is actually shifting Christian and evangelical church culture to be more open to this. I would be so excited if this helped, along with some other artists, to really pave the way into Christian music that is now like increasingly popular where we can talk about authentic things, not hashtag authenticity, but, you know, like taboo things, real struggles, nationalism, doubt, faith, grappling with the church. Like it's hard to make the music in Christian music because it won't go on radio, so it won't sell. But if people are increasingly open to that 
and then it means it's going to get on radio and that means there's a shift. That means there's a shift. Not to say that Christian music as it was or is is bad, but there is so much more that artists want to share and so much more that we want to hear from them. Isn't it cool that major labels are beginning to create space for that? Yeah, I know that there's there's wealth and there's power and there's money all in that, so there are lots of factors involved. But it is cool to see this happening in sort of a mainstream signed artist way, and that makes me really happy. So go and connect with Benjamin William Hastings. He is at BenjaminWilliamHastings.com or like the at sign Benjamin William Hastings on your social media. His album, self-titled, as I've said a million times in the last two episodes of Benjamin William Hastings, is available on all good streaming platforms. I highly recommend that you listen to it back back like front to back just so you get the full narrative it still plays really well on like spotify not premium which is what i have (laughs) but i recommend playing it from start to finish to get the full story now if you're curious about the songs that played on today's episode they are all in the show notes but you heard boy on the moon cathedrals of the nelda grove one of my favorites the pain you let me feel faith is jesus what do you think eden just like you and that's a thing about praise with blessing of four. So there was a lot to this episode. Thank you for sticking with it. Thank you for enjoying that journey. I really feel like today these words and this audio painted a beautiful portrait. It makes me so happy. I love it. This is my favorite form of journalism. Can you tell? I just love that. I'm not going to keep going for too long, but I am going to say this. Thank you for doing 2022 with me, friends. It has been, for a lot of us, I didn't think it was going to be the hardest year of my life. I think we all thought that was last year or the year before. It sort of just culminated in a whole mess of years where we didn't really know what was going on. But this year has been tough for a lot of us. I put a pause on the podcast for a little while because of my health. Um, And yet, despite that, podcast-wise, we've had the greatest year of growth to date. We celebrated four years I was able to go to the Doves and speak to some people and catch up with friends at cafes and stuff. That was the best. I love finally being able to go back to Nashville and visit friends. But our listeners have gone up. Our listeners have gone up a lot. You guys are loving the podcast. We have a ton of new friends. We've made new friends, like artists who who hopefully, hopefully feel seen and heard uh, and supported. And we've talked about some really important topics. There's still more to talk about. I know that. But I love the fact that you guys turn up to the table every other week and you you listen and you learn and you love and you receive these people into your family or in your heart for a space of time while you're listening to them and you, you hold their stories. Um, thank you for allowing me to host that to ask questions. Thank you for listening to my accent and laughter. Uh, I'm more than happy to be your Australian friend. I hope that you refer to me as Jessica, the Australian friend. If you need that, I'm here. No stress. Um, But it has been such a pleasure. Friends, I'm going to leave it with you here for 2022. We will be back next year. I've already recorded some great interviews and I'm very excited about there's a lot of unknowns in the air for next year, All, all positive unknowns. So if you are someone who prays, please pray. Would love that. I'd love to see what God wants to do with this and what it could look like in the new year. So I'll accept prayers for that. Uh, In the meantime, I'm hoping and praying that you feel such a great sense of peace in this season. Whatever you believe and whatever your experience of church is, from what it's worth from me to you, 
I'm really grateful that you are alive and that you're here and that you're on your journey. Whatever that journey is, thank you for turning up. Thank you for creating out of it. Thank you for loving so authentically. I don't know why I'm getting teary. It feels really bizarre because I'm speaking, literally speaking to the screen right now. But thank you, friends. I am incredibly grateful to belong to a church of believers and people who are questioning and asking things just like you. I will see you in 2023. Here's to hope. Kids playing round the tree Hot chocolate nativity Reading about the starry night The shepherds and the sheep A baby in a manger Then my boy looks up at me Help me understand one thing He's just a kid But he's a king See you.